Blog Talk Radio. My name is Lisa Iannucci, and not only am I the founder and host of this podcast, I'm also the author of On Location, the Film and TV Lover's Travel Guide, my latest book that will be released in March by Glow Pico Press. I'm also a regular contributor to TravelPulse.com, where you can find articles of mine on film and TV travel. So let's give a shout-out this week to the Real Travel sponsor, Mickey Dixon, and her company, Travel Planning for You. Travel Planning for You is independently owned and operated by a self-proclaimed nomad and military brat. Having lived 20-plus years in Europe is what inspired Mickey to get into the travel profession. And while Mickey can arrange her travels to anywhere in the world, her focus is on European travel and river cruising. I'm going to tell you, river cruising is something that's definitely on my list of things I want to do in my life. I've not done a river cruise yet. It looks absolutely fantastic to just sit there and cruise in the rivers versus the ocean. And it looks just like so much fun. And some of the destinations that these river cruises go to are just gorgeous. So definitely check it out. And if you're interested, contact Mickey on Twitter at TravelingMickey. And Mickey is spelled without the E, so it's M-I-C-K-Y. And she's also on Facebook at Travel Planning 4, the number 4, and U, the capital U. You can also find her on Facebook at River Cruises by Mickey, M-I-C-K-Y. So would you like to be on this show? I'm having so much fun talking to people who've been around the world to see where their favorite shows and movies like Game of Thrones, Star Wars, Divergent um, have been filmed. And these people have met with some of the celebrities from the show as they've gone on to see conferences and all these different things that you can do when you're on vacation based on your favorite TV shows. If you're one of those people who booked a cruise because it was based on The Walking Dead or you did something else fun like that, I'd love to have you on the show to talk about your experiences. Um, So give me a shout out. You can reach me Twitter at Virgin Traveler and we can talk about having you on as a guest. So it's not Christmas anymore, although it is quite cold in New York right now. But raise your hand if your tree is still up because I see you. But that's okay because my tree is still up too. I promise I'll take it down soon. Soon enough. (laughs) But I love Christmas. I never want it to end. And I love Christmas movies. And if you're like me, you love Christmas movies too. And one of your favorite movies might be A Christmas Story. The reason why I'm talking about Christmas in January is because this is the month where many of you are planning your 2018 vacations, and I want you to keep Christmas in mind when you're planning. In this podcast, you're going to learn about a trip you can take to Ohio, Cleveland, Ohio to be exact, where if you're a fan of a Christmas story, you can visit a Christmas story house museum. Yes, they have the rifle. Yes, you can actually stay in Ralphie's room. So my guest today is Steve Intermill, who works at the House Museum in Cleveland, Ohio. We had a great conversation about what you what goes on down 
at this ho- at this um, not hotel, but at this uh, museum and the house and all the different fun things that you can do. And we talked about the movie as well. So enjoy the interview. There is so much tradition the holiday time when it comes to film and TV shows. I mean, I don't know about you, but how many of you can't get through the season without seeing Charlie Brown's Christmas, The Grinch Who Stole Christmas, Miracle on 34th Street, It's a Wonderful Life, and I am just touching the surface. I am just naming a few. Back in 1983, I graduated high school that year. I'm going to give my age away a little bit, but there was a movie that debuted that was added to the list of must-see Christmas movies, and that was A Christmas Story, and it starred Peter Billingsley as nine-year-old Ralphie Parker, who only wants one thing for Christmas, and if you're a fan of this movie, say it with me, a red rider, carbine action, 200-shot, range model, air rifle with a compass in the stock, and this thing which tells time. Of course, what he does here when he asks for that so many times is, you'll shoot your eye out, kid. Now, since 1997, there's at least that's the statistic that I found. Christmas Story has been aired every year, a marathon of it on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. And today, film and TV travel bumps, I am talking to Stephen Intermill, who is with A Christmas Story House and Museum in Cleveland, Ohio. And welcome to the show, Stephen. Oh, thank you very much. Glad to be here. I am so glad to have you here because I have so many friends and family who love this movie so much, who watch it on that loop that I talked about at Christmas time. I mean, literally, we'll, that will be the only movie that they have on playing all day long. What is it about A Christmas Story that we love so much? Now, there's so much. Um, One thing that people tell me is, you know, even if they don't identify with Ralphie, which most people do, they identify with one of the characters in the movie. You know, a lot of mothers will see a lot of Ralphie's mother, you know. Um, A lot of the dads or a lot of kids that had dads that are a little bit uh, rough, like the uh, the old man, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you can project so much of yourself on the characters because it's just like it's such a wide spectrum of humanity that's on display. So I think that's really the central, like, the thing that's in the heart of all of it. You know, I think for me, back, you know, back in the 80s, like, I have to admit, I appreciate the humor of the movie more now than I did then. And I don't know if it's because now I'm an adult looking back at my childhood and I watched it with my kids, and I found it so much funnier as an adult than I did as a child. Um, What stories do you hear, like, from people who you see about loving it either as a kid or as an adult? Uh, you know, it's kind of like what I was saying before, because we, we saw a lot of Red Ryder BB guns. It's not exactly like the one that you described earlier, because uh, those are only uh, in production every once in a while. as like special anniversary uh, versions. But, you know, I get all, we get a lot of people that just, they remember their childhood. They remember what they really wanted, and they think about that. And... Mm-hmm. You know, you can't tell me that, like, the families that come in, it's such a good time for all of them because the kids like the movie for one reason, the parents like it for another, and it's uh, there's just a lot in there. 
the original writer, Gene Shepard, he was a bit bodier. He wrote for uh, Playboy. He, uh, mm-hmm. he had a radio show. And his stories have a little bit of a rougher edge to them, which got polished just enough to be a family-friendly film. So there's a certain... Uh, uh, I don't want, there's a certain edginess to the film that you don't really get when you're a kid, but when you're a little bit older, you're like, ah, okay. So let's talk okay. about the filming of the show because it wasn't all done. Part of it was done in Cleveland, right? Like the house was used as like the exterior, but not the interior, right? Well, there are parts of the interior that are in the film. The way you can tell is if there's a window or a door open. So do you remember the part where Ralphie imagines that he has soap poisoning? Shows up to the door. Um, So that was filmed there because uh, Ralphie comes in through the door. You know, he knocks, and it's just kind of like one shot where he goes in. And then, you know, like the BB gun parts, the uh, parts where he fights Black Bart and his marauders, um, mm-hmm. parts of the when Randy falls in the snow, that was filmed uh, in front of a house a couple doors down. Uh, probably my favorite scene that was filmed here in Cleveland would be the mm-hmm. major award scene. There's a great cameo with Bob Clark, the director of the film, where he plays Swede. And mm-hmm. I always loved that from the beginning because I had a great uncle named Swede. And I was like, wow, there are other people with that nickname out there in the world. That's <laughs> neat. And it's just, it's cool. It's just such a fun scene. And now we actually do have a Bob Clark memorial bench right where he and Darren McGavin stood during the filming of it. Take me through then the house. Like we, if I'm coming there for my first time to see, I can go in and I'm going to see what inside that house. When you come into the house for the first time, the tour begins in the gift shop, and you'll get an introduction. You walk over there, and then a history of the house and the museum starts. But the first thing that you usually see is the leg lamp in the window. That is not one of the original leg lamps because all the leg lamps used in the filming of the movie were destroyed because, um, you know, the mom used up all the glue so they couldn't put them all back together again. So none of the leg lamps still exist. But people see, you know, a reproduction of the leg lamp in the window. They get super excited about that. We now have a replica of the damper, which uh, was created by a local artist. They get to see uh, Randy and Ralphie's room, which we've recreated in the best we can. They can sit in the uh, sit in the restroom and decode little orphan Annie messages. So it's a very interactive, fun time. Probably the most popular thing people do is they stand at the top of the steps and frown. Oh. And then second to that, we also um, people love to like sit in the cabinet and talk about how Daddy's going to kill Ralphie. Oh, God. Do you get people who come there in the bunny suit just to, like, say that they walk through the house wearing the bunny suit? Well, just yesterday I was having dinner at the Raleigh Inn, which is this really great bar restaurant across the street. And I looked over and I saw that the people spending the night there, they were wearing bunny suits and having a little photo opportunity in front of the house. And that really cracked me up. I loved it. 
see, this is what I love about what I do because the book that I started, it was it was to to make sure that people get out there and, and take their love of a movie to like one one bigger level. You know, it's fun to watch a movie at home, but to sit in that restaurant and funny food, say you did that, or you know, walk through and sit in Ralphie's bedroom. I mean, that's like to me the coolest part of being a film and TV fan. It's not just watching the films; it's, it's getting out there and doing something. And this is bringing a lot of people to Cleveland, to 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 the area. You know, talk a little bit about how it's increased the tourism for you guys. Well, you know, we're at about eighty thousand people a year that come in, and that's paid admission. So we every day when I'm there, I see a car from out of state, and not just the close ones like New York State or Pennsylvania or Indiana. I see plates all the time from Iowa, Mississippi, California. So people really love to uh, come by. We're in a really great area because we're between Chicago and um, New York, we're pretty mm-hmm. much halfway, so we're kind of in that channel right there. So a lot of people pass through. Hey, where should we go in Cleveland? We have a few hours. Christmas Story House. Mm-hmm. Now, are, you're not just so people know though. Like you're not just open at Christmas time. You're open 365, right? Oh yeah, it's um our mm-hmm. one of our busiest times is the summertime because that's when most families travel. And really, we um, you know, we get people that come solo. We have people that come on dates, but most of the people that we come, or most of the people, most of our visitors are families. Mm-hmm. So, mom, dad, kids, or whatever the definition of family is, it's usually. See, that's what I love too, because you know, when when I was growing up, I mean, we, if we saw a movie in 1983, if we saw a Christmas story, we didn't get a chance to see it again for years because we didn't have, uh, boy, am I dating myself in this podcast, we didn't have DVDs or VHS would come out much later. Nowadays, and even that loop, you know, I mean, they didn't even do that back then. So now to be able to introduce a fun movie, a family movie like this to your children and sit and watch it with them and then get up and say, hey, we're going to go actually go where the Christmas Story house is. I... I adore that. But you're not just the the house, you're also a museum. So tell us about the museum and what the fans that come there can expect to see in the museum. Okay, so that's um that's really where I come into place because I am the museum curator. So I'm the one that works on the displays and try to figure out where things should be grouped together. But we have we have an incredible collection of artifacts in the museum. And I'm saying that as a curator, but I believe it. Like, it's it's pretty amazing. So we have a bunch of the toys from the Higby's window on display. They they're absolutely gorgeous. I mean, toys back in the 30s, 40s, they're all hand painted. They're all metal. Yeah. Not a lot of plastic in there. So probably my favorite thing to do is when I go in there once a year and I give them a good polish and actually um, play with them a little bit to so their gears aren't freezing up. You know, I'll mm-hmm. wind them all up and have them roll. So I get a real kick out of that. We have we have everything from Randy's bib to his snowsuit. We have Black Bart's costumes. We have uh, one thing that 
is now on permanent display. We have Flash Gordon and Ming the Merciless. Their costumes from the deleted scene, which I'm very proud to have. But probably the uh, you know the crown jewel of the collection we now have, and that is one of Ralphie's BB guns. Oh, awesome! That's worth the trip alone, just to see the BB gun. You know? Yeah. Yeah, that was picked up a couple years ago, and it's kind of the centerpiece of the museum. It's uh, I painted the display that it's in red, so when you walk in, you see it. It sticks out really big, and uh, it's uh, you know we're very proud to have it. It's one of six that were made, and we finally could acquire one a couple years ago. So, so do you get any of the cast that actually has come by? to be neither the house or the museum at all? Oh, yeah, of course. So they always love to come. We uh, Probably the most common person to be there would be Patty Johnson. She played the evil elf, the one that's like, quit dragging your feet, kid. And mm-hmm. she'll come in and she'll either yell at the kids if they're, uh, they look like they can handle it or she'll be really sweet. So she comes in. Sometimes Ian Petrella, the little brother Randy, he'll come make an appearance. Uh, last year was really fun last summer because Zach Ward, who played Scott Farkas, he mm-hmm. came signed autographs, and that was that was really fun. He, um, I have a great picture of him in the museum where I'm showing him his uh, his hat from the film, and we're discussing uh, the steps that we've taken to preserve it. So he's a good one, and then also uh, we're gonna have. Somebody I'm very excited to meet, Teddy Moore, who played the teacher. She is going to be making an appearance at the uh, Christmas Story Run, which is our Mm -hmm. annual uh, charity fundraiser run. So Miss Shields is going to be there to give kids A++++. Oh, that's awesome. Tell us a little bit, too, because I know you just mentioned the run, and I I want to get back to that as well. But one thing we haven't talked about is kind of how the whole house came about as being able to be open to visitors and and you know tell us a little bit about the history of how it's kind of gotten to this point well so the owner of a christmas story house is a guy named brian jones and he's a entrepreneur he started building leg lamps and his wife pointed out to him that the house that a christmas story house was you know he she pointed out a Christmas story house was for sale on eBay. And Prime was like, okay, and he bought it. Just uh, he sight unseen, he just emailed the people, and he's like, this is going to be like really great publicity for my leg lamp business. And so that's how it started. I don't think he had dreamed of being such a huge tourist attraction in Cleveland. I think he just thought that like this would just be a little bit of publicity for his leg lamp business, and uh, it really took off, and he went with it. Wow. And But it wasn't always open to people seeing the inside of the house, correct? No, that only started about uh, 11 years ago. So he bought the house mm-hmm. sight unseen, and he went in, and he put a lot of money into it and tried to recreate it as best as he could. I saw it probably within two weeks of it being open, and I was like, oh, okay, I kind of see where this guy's going here. And then I went to see it a few years later and just completely blown away. 
because, you know, I saw it, like, right when it opened. And mm-hmm. it was pretty neat. As a fan of the movie, I was like, man, this is really fun. But now, after 10 to 11 years of tweaking it, it's uh, it's really just incredibly gorgeous. Like, very impressive. Let me ask you, I mean, obviously, to work at a place like this, you have to be a fan of the movie. I mean, I would guess you would have to be a fan of the movie. When did you oh, yeah. see A Christmas Story for the first time, and what did you think of it? I, honestly, I don't know. I didn't see it when it was in the theater. I I have a feeling I saw it on uh, VHS sometime as a teenager, and then at some point I'd seen it like twenty times. I I I don't know like when I first saw it, but it's weird. It's like one of those things where, I you know, it just kind of happened. And now you're here and you're working with yeah. the Christmas Story House, and you and I talked off off the interview that, and I told you I think you have like coolest job because, you know, if you're a Christmas story fan and you're working for the house, or you're a Lucy fan and you're working for something in Jamestown, I mean, that's not a job. That's getting up and getting paid to do really cool stuff every day and meet the fans and, you know, I, I, I would love to trade places with you and, and you know, because this just seems like the coolest job, don't you think? I I really do. It's a pleasure. I <laughs> meet some of the funnest people uh, I meet people from all over the country that are huge fans of the movie. I meet people that aren't even fans of the movie, but they didn't have anything else to do. And they ask people, like, what do you do in Cleveland? And people say, oh, go to a Christmas story house. And they go, mm-hmm. and they, then they leave fans, and they haven't even seen it yet. So, yeah, it's uh, I can't imagine doing anything else. It's, uh, you know, I feel very That's blessed. Awesome. That is awesome. Now, like I said, I wanted to get back to talk about the run because that is actually, like you said, it's a fundraiser. So I want to give a shout-out that even if it's oh, yeah. too late for some people to come this year, because I know it's in December, which I'm going to ask you to talk about in a second, but you do this annually, and I, I want to make sure that you get enough publicity on this because it's for a good cause. Um, talk, talk to us a little bit about what the run is um, and, and really what it benefits. Well, you say that it's too late, and I have to say it's never too late because, mm-hmm. sure, a lot of people are like, hey, I would love to do this. I'd love to go to Cleveland, but they can't. But guess what? They can sign up for our virtual run. They could run virtually anywhere. They get a medal, a T-shirt, a bunch of other stuff, some packets of Ovaltine, and uh, we've had people <laughs> run the virtual run in every state in the country, plus plenty of other countries overseas. Uh, military, it's an option. So yeah, every year about 5,000 people descend on downtown Cleveland dressed up as leg lamps, as pink nightmares, Black Bart's Marauders, pretty much anything that you can think of. There's always bumpus hounds um, running around with a turkey. So it's really like a big fun party and celebration of all things Christmas story. So they run from downtown Cleveland by Higby's, the original filming location for uh, or they run from Jacksino, which is the original filming location for Habies. They run to the house, mm-hmm. which is about 5K, and then they run back downtown, which is another 5K. So it's a 5K, 10K. And let's see. 
you can tell I'm like really excited about it because I've just been working on a bunch of things for it over the weekend, <laughs> and I'm like really pumped up. Usually we'll have like a special guest. Uh, this year we have I mentioned before Teddy Moore, aka Miss Shield. She's going to be there. Uh, our friend Tyler Schwartz is going to be there. He wrote a really good book on a Christmas story. So it's it's really a great party. And uh, all of it benefits the local neighborhood. Um, mm-hmm. We take a lot from the neighborhood just from parking and just people. You know, people didn't just wake up one day and say, "Wow, I hope a major tourist attraction pops up on my on my residential street." <laughs> and we understand that. So to give back to the people that have given us so much by just being patient with us and kind with us. We have a foundation. It's a Christmas Story House Foundation, and what we do is we replace windows. We, um, we, you know, get people uh, new fencing, new uh, siding on their house. Uh, we put a new porch on the house across the street. So it's it's our way of giving back to the people who uh, have given a lot to us. Nice. Um, now, talk a little bit about, um, you know, if I've never been to this area before and I'm coming there for the first time to check out the house, what kind of tips would you have for me as to the best way to get the most from my trip to see you? Hmm. All right. Well, first thing I would do is uh, I'd find street parking. Uh, you don't necessarily have to park in one of the parking lots. The neighbors have a uh, makeshift parking lot system, but there's plenty of street parking right around there. I would go in, I'd spend some time in the gift shop, I'd probably pick up a Red Rider, I'd definitely get a leg lamp, and the thing about the leg lamps is you can have those shipped straight home, you don't have to uh, take them home with you, they're a bit bulky, and um, I would go on a tour, I would have a great time, and then afterwards I would go to the Rally Inn for dinner or lunch. They have a great selection of um they've they've become pretty much a pretty incredible gastro pub uh really incredible food, great selection of beers for uh mom and dad and it's a uh, it's a really fun time then afterwards maybe uh maybe you go to the hotel or you stay overnight at Christmas story house because we do rent it mm-hmm. out overnight. And maybe mom and dad go to the Jack Casino downtown so they could see the original Higby building. Nice. Yeah, that sounds like a pretty great Christmas story themed uh, theme day. It really does. And if you guys go to their website, which is www.achristmasstoryhouse.com, you can see a lot of the more detailed information on the hours and the admission. Um, check out what they have at the gift shop. Get more information on that 5K, 10K run. Uh, you know, more information on the rally in. I love the trivia and photo section because I'm a trivia junkie when it comes to all this pop culture and, and favorite movies and, and things like that. So there's a lot of really cool things for you to check out there. Put it in your head. Have Christmas in July if you need to get there over the summer. And go check out the Christmas Story House and Museum. And definitely watch the movie before you get there because I think it would just even bring it more to life. And I hope nice. everybody comes out and says hello. I do, too. And, Stephen, again, thank you so much for being on the show. And if I'm not mistaken, you guys are pretty close to, also, to the Shawshank Redemption Tour. Am I right? 
Yeah, that's about an hour south, hour and a half maybe. An amazing movie as well, which I think that if you're going to do your tour and you want to even expand on it a little bit, in, my, in another podcast coming up, we're going to talk about the Shawshank Redemption Tour, and I think it would be a great way to actually spend a whole bunch of time in this area, you know, seeing a whole bunch of different things that you can see related to your favorite film and TV shows. So, so again, Stephen, thank you so much for being here. Check out a com, and we will be back again soon. And we're not going anywhere. <laughs> um, I want to thank Stephen. That was a ton of fun. Um, like I said, there's so many different Christmas movies that I love, um, and that's just one that you can actually bring to life. So go check that out again. It's christmasstoryhouse.com, and make your plans for your trip there this year. Uh, now on to my Celebrity Minute. And if you have already have, if you haven't already watched the show Disjointed on Netflix, Please check it out. It was created by Chuck Lorre. He's the creator and writer of some of my favorite sitcoms ever, Two and a Half Men, The Big Bang Theory, Mike and Molly, Mom. Please give this show a chance. It's hilarious. It stars the legendary Kathy Bates as Ruth, who is the owner of a Los Angeles cannabis dispensary. Elizabeth Ho plays one of her budget tenders, Jenny, and she is one of the reasons why I have definitely given this show a chance. I mean, her character, Jenny, is hilarious. Um, the whole show is just so well done, and, and uh, the writing's really well done. And the, it, there's just so much creativity on this show. I had a chance to chat recently with Elizabeth and asked her about some of her favorite places to travel that were related to her favorite movies and TV shows. And she did our Celebrity Minute for today. Listen up, Trekkies. You're going to like this one. Hi, my name is Elizabeth Ho of Netflix Disjointed. And my favorite place I have ever traveled to because of my love for movies and films and TV is the Redwood Forest up in Humboldt County where the uh, Star Wars film franchise was filmed where the Ewoks were, <clears throat> you see giant redwood trees, they dwarf you, and you feel like you're in another land. Um, I traveled up there because my husband is from that area, and I had no idea that's where Star Wars was filmed. It, it, the trees are spectacular. I cannot say enough about them. You can even drive through a tree, which seems very kitschy, but very, very fun. There are also fun things, um, like there is a place where you can go and look for Bigfoot, or you can go and have coffee in a giant tree. Um, but all of it is fun and easy to travel to um, up the 101 through California. Another place that I really love to go to is Las Vegas, and you might think for Glitz and Glam, I think for Star Trek. Uh, come August, there is a huge Star Trek convention that's usually done at the Rio, where they have a great buffet, but they also have one of the biggest Star Trek conventions where you can walk around and see people in the most incredible cosplay from the original series to the next generation, and now I'm sure we'll see costumes from Discovery, the latest uh, Star Trek franchise. It is fun. There are great panels. Uh, you can... <laughs> have the craziest debates about who is the best captain. Is it Picard? Is it is it Kirk? Is it Janeway? 
and all within the ballrooms of the Rio. Nice. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. And you can look up the Star Trek convention. It's under Creation Entertainment. And um, it's run being run this year, August 1st to the 15th, uh, the Rio Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas. I know tickets are selling super fast for this. Every time I go to their website to check it out and see what the new um, guests are that they've listed, more tickets are gone. So uh, if you want to do that, please hurry up and, and check out their website now, which is uh, Creation ent.com and you can look up the Star Trek convention. I want to once again give a shout out to this week's real travel sponsor, Mickey Dixon and her company travel planning for you. Remember, please contact Mickey on Twitter at traveling Mickey and Mickey does not have an E in it. Um, if you're interested in having her do your travel plans and a special thank you to Elizabeth Ho, please follow her on Twitter at real Elizabeth Ho. Um, and you can follow me on Twitter as well at Virgin Traveler. Please also follow my podcast. So many things I'm asking you guys to do. Follow this one, follow that one, but it really does mean a lot. Um, I've really enjoyed doing this podcast. I want to make sure that I keep in touch with all the people who have contacted me and told me how much they've enjoyed it so far and keep you up to date on who the next guests are going to be. Finally, if you can handle one more thing to do, I would love it if you could go to Amazon and pre-order my book, On Location, A Film and TV Lover's Travel Guide. And if you do that, that's absolutely fantastic. I have an upcoming surprise for those of you who do buy the book. So please uh, go and place your order in now. It's going to be out on March 1st. So again, this is Lisa Iannucci of Real Travels, and I will see you next time. And until then, get out and travel. Thank you.